Hi, I'm Rob, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, who secretly has the ability to morph and to even up the score, Jason. It's true. I'm sworn to secrecy, though, so don't tell anyone. And welcome to Rewind and Review, the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? This episode of Rewind and Review will look at a movie that took a hit children's television show, increased the budget, upped the special effects, and slapped (laughs) it onto the big screen. East meets West in this theatrical outing, which convinced children all over the world that they could be martial arts experts with superpowers. Yes, celebrating its 25th anniversary this year in 2020. This American-based superhero film may not have been a big critical hit in its day, but now holds cult classic status amongst many 80s and 90s kids. So grab your power coin, call upon your Zord, and prepare to take on some ooze as we rewind (laughs) to the year 1995. And why? Because... It's morphin' time. Swinging 60s, here I come, baby, yeah! Go back to then. When? Now. 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 Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. There's definitely a very slim chance we'll survive. Nineteen ninety-five, the Babysitters Club got a theatrical adaption. Casper hit the big screen, and even bloody Goofy got his own movie. <laughs> With the TV series at its peak of popularity, nineteen ninety-five was also the year that we got the first theatrical version of the superhero franchise of the same name, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Directed by Brian Spicer, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Continue to the established story and characters of the TV series Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and use concepts from the Japanese Super Sentai series. But unlike the show, it's the first Power Rangers production from Saban Entertainment uh, not to feature any archive footage from Super Sentai. Be warned that if you haven't seen Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, um, but you do want to, go watch it first uh, before listening uh, because we're going to be talking spoilers. Taking place after the second season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, although in its own continuity, the film picks up the adventures of the already established Power Rangers in the fictional city of Angel Grove. After a construction crew accidentally uncovers a gigantic egg that has imprisoned the evil morphological being Ivan Ooze, who's played by Paul Freeman, for many, many centuries, the Power Rangers prepare to face their most formidable foe yet. The vengeful ooze destroys the command center and fatally injures their mystical mentor, Zordon, played by Nicholas Bell. And then he also strips the rangers of their morphing powers and of their zords. Without their powers or the giant mechanical robots that they have grown to depend upon in battle, Aisha, played by Karen Ashley, Adam, played by Johnny Yongbosch, Rocky, played by Steve Cardenas, Billy, played by David Yost, Kimberly, played by Amy Jo Johnson, and Tommy, played by Jason David Frank, travel to the distant planet Phaedos to obtain the great power and save Zordon. On Earth, Ivan Ooze hypnotizes the parents of Angel Grove, building a workforce to dig up his ectomorphicon titans, when Fred Kelman, played by Jamie Croft, discovers his father missing, he uncovers Ivan's plans. 
but can the Rangers restore their powers and return to Earth in time? Dun, 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 dun. Probably. <laughs> I think that's going to happen. <laughs> I reckon it's going to happen, Jason. I think it's going to be the case. Power Rangers. What does Power Rangers mean to you? What, what do Power Rangers mean to me? I Well, I didn't see this movie. <laughs> I, we were talking about it before we started recording. I thought I'd seen this movie. No, I had actually only seen the TV show. I had not seen this movie at all. Um, and I'll talk about it as we go on some of the things that I was expecting that didn't actually happen. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, look, I hadn't seen this movie before. It's not really um, a surprise to many listeners that sometimes we, uh, we pick ones that maybe I haven't seen that um, Jason's definitely very familiar with. I'd, I'd, I'd only, I'd only, I think I'd only seen maybe the first season of the TV show. Right. So the movies to me are quite, quite a foreign thing. I mean, to be fair, we do need to address the fact that, I mean, you're not an old man, but you are no. a few years older than me. I mean, I'm going to safely assume that maybe it was just after your time, just a little bit. Look, I was very much aware of it when I was a kid. It was just as I was hitting kind of teenagers. So we were aware of it, but it just maybe didn't capture me. I have to admit, though, I definitely recognise this movie for what it is. It is definitely targeted at children. Yeah. So I will be forevermore, as we discuss this, discussing it through the lens of I'm aware this is a children's movie. So <laughs> you're not going to be getting my perspective as a 34-year-old man seeing it for the very first time. You're going to be getting it through that ideal that, yes, I know this is a targeted at children. I mean, not just targeted at children, but, I mean, this is... I mean, except for the bigger budget and all that, and we'll go into all of those things, but this mm-hmm. is essentially the show, the same mm-hmm. show, just on the mm-hmm. big screen. It's a movie event outing of that television show. The same actors, you know, in the, in the principal cast anyway. Like, it is, yeah. it is the show translated onto screen. And I think, to start off with a positive, it succeeds in doing that. <laughs> like, oh, I think so. It, it really is. I mean, many mm. other differences and probably a lot of negatives that we will address but that's that's for these but mate <laughs> power rangers is power i am familiar power rangers is a big thing i mean as a 90s <laughs> kid definitely growing up from you know the, the humble mm. beginnings of of the power rangers and luckily i didn't live with my dad he was very much like power rangers is just filth um, he's like you know the the violence for no reason and i'm like no no that's not how it works you know there, there's always a code <laughs> They never escalate the fight. They always, you know, it's all about, <laughs> they're always learning good lessons, but, you know, you didn't want any of that. But luckily, yeah, live with my mum. Mm. All four Power Rangers and all that. So when it came time for this theatrical version of the Power Rangers, you know, this show mm. that I would always watch every day after school, um, it was actually my stepdad who took me to go see it. So right. to hell with my father. To hell with him. <laughs> um <laughs> Again, I think after Toy Story, this was one of the first movies I'd seen at the cinema. Like, bear in mind, I was, what, five years old? Six, maybe? I don't know. Like, so I was was, was, was young. I think, yeah. I was young. I barely remember it at the cinema, but I I have very clear memories of the way the command Mm. centre looked and me just being like, this is new. This is so... (laughs) This is shiny and different and what are the this is the power rangers movie so do you reckon you you were familiar with the tv show before the movie then like you would definitely oh, definitely oh like i mean that's TV. why yeah. that's the only reason must have that took me to see it was because you so this was the show that you know this kid in his house was watching on television so he's like <laughs> i'm gonna take it to go see the movie i'm sure he had the worst time 
but that's no. okay. That's okay. That's um, and then just from there, like I, I've always owned the Power Rangers movie, you know, on VHS, and mm-hmm. then eventually I bought it as an adult on DVD. <laughs> um, so when me and the wife sat down to rewatch it for for this occasion, she was like, "Oh, like, um, is it is it on a streaming network?" She's like, "You know, like, do we have to come out somehow acquire it a different yeah you know, a different way?" And I was like, "No, I'm like, I got it on DVD. Settle down." <laughs> so yeah, no, um, crystal clear DVD, very good. So I'm very um, surprised that you forced your wife to watch this, but that's okay. I didn't. I, I didn't. She said, "What do you willingly did it up next?" I told her, "Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie." I was like, "That is the first one," and she said, "I would like to watch that with you." I have mm. married an interesting human being. <laughs> very strange. Oh, well. That's fantastic. So you've got a comprehensive understanding of the subject material. Very good. Probably Very good. a bit too much for. But <laughs> I was the demographic. So growing up, now I can sit here as a as an almost thirty year old uh, man mm. and uh, talk about the Power Rangers movie. So mm. well, let's do that. Let's talk about its legacy, yes. everything that it sort of established when it came out. Budget. <laughs> 20th Century Fox gave these people $20 million to put the Power Rangers on the big screen. Um, (laughs) And they did get a modest return of $66.4 million. So that that according to, well, to most sources is a profitable margin. Don't know what their marketing was for this. Probably not that much, to be honest. Um, It kind of markets itself, doesn't it, really? You just played the TV show. show. We've got to do (laughs) not not really during prime parts of the the day. They're just children's cartoons only. It's critical rating. Now, we did say at the top that it may not have been received in the most positive of light, but it certainly does have its own cult following now. But uh, it did have mixed to average reviews. Rotten Tomatoes sitting at about 37%. That's an average of 4.5 out of 10 out of 35 reviews is what they're looking at. And Metacritic is 40 out of 100 based on 21 reviews. For better, for worse, and often to the latter, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, captures the thoroughly strange aesthetic of the television series that inspired it. So that's not really saying anything other than it looks like it's meant to look, I think. I mean, mean, so far, all I've said is, you know, they captured that TV show. They put it on the big screen. They mess with the formula. They just did it. They just they, they certainly did not mess with the formula at all. But the interesting thing, and I didn't realise this before I started doing some research on this, was just how comprehensive the franchise is. It's ongoing. It, it, the newer episodes of Power Rangers are airing today. February this know? year. There was recent season, yeah. If you're unfamiliar, the... the Power Rangers property. It's actually originally based on the Japanese Super Sentai series. Kyorio Sentai Zayu Ranger, I believe Ranger. is yeah. how you say it. Probably not. So when they made the TV show, it actually every episode would include adapting stock footage from the original series and then right. you know they would do new American footage, new mm-hmm. like an American storyline. There'll be cutaways of, you know, when they're Power Rangers, it's suddenly it's filmed in Japan and the footage is like a little bit grainy and it just looks different. The Mm. lighting's different, the scenery, the foliage of the trees, Mm. completely different. And then you've got big Sentai robot fights happening, dudes in suits, fighting on this stage thing. Fantastic. Very Godzilla, very Godzilla-esque. Very Godzilla-esque. And then, you know, they've got the, you've got American... um, uh, ADRs is that what they call it like recorded over the footage so you've got your American voices yeah. voicing the yeah. last character mm. it's great 
it's that's basically the concept of the show. Well, it's, it's a pretty sound concept too, um, just in regards to the way that they would produce it. They're always wearing a helmet and a suit when they're fighting, so you don't need your actors to be yeah. martial arts experts or doing stunts because it can be anybody behind that suit. Even with the um, even with the villains, you know, like their lair when they're like scheming and stuff, like they're dubbed, yeah. they're redubbed yeah. to have like new voices. But it became tricky. So it's, they the yeah. American show for three seasons tried. They wanted to keep the original Mighty Morphin suits going, whereas mm. every year in Japan, the Super Sentai show, they would be rotating and changing the costume. All right. Each season of the show, you'd get new, like, mm. Zords and stuff because the, the big yeah. fights would be new. But then they'd have yeah. to, like, they were running out of footage of mm. the Mighty Morphin costumes, as they call them. Yeah. And that's yeah. why after season three, they were like, look, we need to, we need to change, it up. change it up. And then we got Zeo and all that. Um, but yeah. on that... Let's talk yep. about the TV series briefly before we yes. move on. So Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, we did get three seasons from it. Ran from 93 to 96. Yep. Now, this film, as I stated earlier, it does follow on from the second season. However, the yep. third season of the TV series ignores the movie and moves on independently. So yep. it indicates that the film and TV series are set in a different continuity. I was very surprised by that, but it seem, seems that way. What what was also interesting to me was, so you had those first three seasons, but then there's another, there's, a, there's 24 other Power Ranger TV series um, between 1996 and 2020, and there's been, you know, multiple changes of ownership of the properties and things like that, which we'll cover in a second as well. But I was just... I think was just saying I was incredibly surprised to find out that this is a property that's still ever evolving, but it's still being released in some you know some capacity. Every twenty four seasons, yeah, from <laughs> from Zeo to Power Rangers Beast Morphers, which I think is the latest one. Yeah, um, <laughs> but the the main continuity like that was established in that in the original Mighty Morphin series. It did conclude yeah. at the end of the sixth season, which was Power Rangers in Space. So they call that the Zordon era. So that pretty much okay. wrapped up his sort of storyline and it moved into other stuff. Gal- Galaxy, Before, which is the next season, sort of ties in yeah. loosely, but it branches mm. off. And then every season after, you've pretty much got fresh rangers every single time. There's is been this, crossovers, this a, though. And okay. they bring back and they make it seem like they're all in one universe. But there's besides those episodes, there's no real connection. And they essentially are standalone seasons. Do you, know, do you know how I relate to it? You know, as we're talking about it, I relate to it in the same sense as Stargate, where you've got you know a core series and characters, and then they kind of disappear. There's different TV shows that you got layered on top of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then Universal. a few tie-in movies thrown in there and, and stuff like that. So, um, but I have to admit, I'm not familiar with any of the. the <laughs> Did you? So, have you seen any TV shows? Like beyond when you were a kid, like have you seen them recently? I've watched all, all the way up until Lost Galaxy, which is the one after In Space, which yep. is season seven. Um, and then I tried to watch the Samurai one. So I tried to watch the after the Disney era, which we'll talk about in a sec when it went back mm-hmm. to Saban. I tried to watch that a little bit. When it was, it was, it was kind of like return to form. But I think my time had passed. <laughs> it was. Right. I have been, yeah, I was a bit too old. It's, you know, it's a show for kids. So, yeah. like I'll, you, can re- you can revisit it with your child, mate. Uh, well, that's it. Well, the original series anyway. But at the moment, yeah. peek behind the, the curtain, I've been watching a bit of the original series. Um, okay. For a Sounds Like Comics episode coming up. 
Ooh, that's exciting. I've been watching a lot of Power Rangers. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's intense. It's intense. And you're loving it. Um, so in 2010, uh, how do you pronounce the name again? Haim Saban. Haim Saban. Um, so he's the creator. So he regained ownership of the franchise after seven years when it was with the Walt Disney Company. Uh, it looks like it released the property um, to Hasbro in 2018. And they, yes, they acquired the franchise with the rest of the, um, the former's entertainment assets. So the whole thing, the toys element as well as the entertainment branches as well for 522 million which is a fair chunk of dollars <laughs> so they've got plans so mr saban has got, got a couple of dollars on the, up his uh, sleeve now so i do believe should we move into the movies because yes. the movie that was released recently that was under the guidance of saban right is that correct yes it was yeah yeah. Um, I think even yeah. on the, I just quickly referenced my DVD cover. It's a Saban's Power Rangers, which is yeah, interesting. Yeah. But before that new 2017 film, Turbo, mm. a Power Rangers yes. movie from 1997. This one is in a way treated like, it's the second film. It's treated like a sequel, but in no way mm. is it a sequel. It follows right. the continuity of the TV series. It bridges the gap between season four and season five. So between okay. Power Rangers Zero and Power Rangers Turbo. So unlike and this what about movie, from an act from an acting point of view, so you've got the original Rangers and then new new Rangers or old Rangers coming back? You've got the Is characters that, how- that at the end of the Zero season, you've got those characters. Yeah. And then yeah. they feature in the movie. They new continue coming. into Turbo. Okay. And then halfway through the Turbo season they rotate the roster and then you get a whole new flash of characters and it's, right. it's yeah, confusing, but just like anything, it's ca- characters rotate, mm-hmm. as, but it's in continuity. Like it works. Yeah. Um, okay, again, cool. 2017, as you mentioned, power yeah. Rangers or Saban's power Rangers features the original mm-hmm. main characters of the mighty Morphin power Rangers television. <laughs> However, yeah. it's a standalone film and reboot and one that I actually yeah. really liked I'm disappointed. I really did too. I'm not getting a sequel. Super disappointed that we're not getting anything out of that. <laughs> yeah. Hasbro purchased the property. And so therefore, um, they're rebooting it again. Um, so there is an untitled Power Rangers film uh, coming, ladies and gentlemen, but we do not know when it is coming. But that is following Hasbro's acquisition of the properties. So hopefully they don't, you know, they don't give it to Michael Bay or anything silly like that. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll see hey, how that we'll you know, okay. Even if they do, whatever. <laughs> I really did like that 2017 movie. I have to admit, I really did like it. Hey, a Power Rangers movie with nothing just but like action and explosion. Yeah, why not? Like, can you remember? Yeah. Can you remember like during the uh, the Zord transforming moment and they play the original theme? Can no, you remember that the score? Trans- I almost yeah. cried. Like, cried. It was, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was. Cool. I didn't, uh, but I was close. I was like, wow, yeah. this is happening. <laughs> um, there were some video games, four different video game titles based on this film were released uh, mm-hmm. for the Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Game Boy, and Game Gear. Right. Did you play any of them? The I, Super I, Nintendo I've one. Never seen them. Okay. That's Super it. Nintendo. Was it was it like a Tekken kind of thing? I wonder. You know, no, like a Street Fighter, or was it you you no, walking around doing things? There were, no, it was sort of like um, like a final fight. So like you sort of do a level mm. and then like a bad guy will appear and you have to fight, fight that bad guy to progress. Right. Super entertaining. Um, so there is, this isn't usually my bit to say, but there was comics. There, so Marvel Comics released a comic book adaption um, and a photo comic book adaption of the film in, it was September of 1995. Um, and the comic book was printed with two different covers. So one featuring 
the fully morph rangers and the other featuring them in their ninjetti uniforms with the hoods. And you know what? Like at the moment, like Power Rangers are doing some really cool stuff. I believe it's Boom Studios of um of okay. like of comics sort of based on you know the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and stuff. Nothing to do with this movie or anything, but they're yeah. they're doing some good stuff. There's like sh- I think it's got Shattered Grid and there's like you know Tommy's yeah. like like an evil version of them. I don't know but they look good and I've been meaning to get into them because I've heard good stuff about them excellent nothing excellent. to do with this movie so <laughs> yeah, nothing on. to do with this movie let's move on to talking <laughs> about a bit of the I guess the history and the filming yeah. production stuff of this film before we get into the nitty mm-hmm. it was actually filmed in Australia um, in Sydney and Queensland. So as we, yeah. as we mentioned, the TV series used action scenes and footage from the Japanese Super Sentai series, but this was the first Power Rangers production to use 100% new material. New material. So all yeah. filmed in Australia. It feels weird because I should um, be saying like all filmed in America, but yeah, mm. same deal. Hollywood production. Yeah. Hollywood production. And in saying that, so according to um, Paul Freeman, who played the villain, Ivan Ooze, the movie was originally going to be done in the style of that TV show before the producers flipped it, flipped on it and decided to put more resources into production. And that's where we get a lot of the CG stuff coming through, I dare say. That's, that's their money. I have to admit, I think the TV show actually works better than the CG, but that's the thing. Talking about it being shot in Australia, though, so I think what it did is actually shine up a, shine a bit of light on you know how, how affordable things can be done in Australia at that time. Um, so because it was done so cheaply and it was received, you know, mildly successfully and made, made a little bit of money. And that, so I was reading, you know, some, some of the production notes was just saying like that was a successful element of the production was to move it off offshore to Australia and it actually boosted the industry. Interesting little bit of trivia talking about Australia before we move on. Fred's dad drives a Land Cruiser and he gets out of the passenger seat as if he's driven it with his keys because it's an Australian car. Right. And they obviously would be driving in California. Well, at least so he's they, sitting on the left and, yeah. At least they tried to correct that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But so I knew it was filmed in Australia before um, I watched it this I noticed. And, uh, I noticed a few things yeah. on this on this recent viewing. I mean, I've always noticed like the, I mean, the, the, the casting, like the non-principal cast, the secondary cast yeah, and the, the crew and stuff. Like Aussie, there's Aussie people doing American accents and some of them are pretty bad. Yeah. And then there are some that aren't even trying yeah. and they're just like, wow, yeah. you're just Australian. You like, are Australian. Flat out. <laughs> like, flat out. Um, when, they're, uh, when they're walking through the streets all zombified, you can see a lot of uh, Aussie looking outfits. They do, stuff as yeah. Well. Like, it's just yeah. like, oh, the street. And I'm like, yeah, that looks like a suburban like, yeah. city. But, um, yeah, suburban city noticed down the street. For the first time, um, when, you first, when you first at the construction site, there's a few dudes walking around with, with some shovels. And on the shovels, yep. there's this big sticker in the shape of Australia. Obviously, it's the brand of the, of the shovel. And I'm like, yeah. wow, they're not even trying to hide it. <laughs> like, <laughs> not even. Let's, be, let's be real. Kids aren't going to know this. They're not going to notice this. I mean, I only, I only noticed, you know, mm. yesterday when I watched it for the first time. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it was subtle. But I was like, but you see like three or four shovels with that sticker on it. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> There it is. It, it was a special on at Bunnings at the time, mate. That's Maybe that must have been it. But of course, the, the <laughs> is it the city? Is it the Millennium Tower? Is that what it's called? In We're Sydney. in Perth, yeah, so I we think. don't know. Is it the Millennium Tower? I just call it the Sydney Tower, but yeah, the big pointy whatever. one with the thing. Yeah, yeah. one well, looks like Seattle, the Seattle Tower. But yeah, not. which you've never seen yeah. in Angel Grove before, but now it has it. 
I mean, that features prominently. Ivanhoe's uses it as a freaking sword. So it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. <laughs> but, you know, overall, be, you know, like the plot that this movie has, it actually allows, you know, a change of scenery. You're not just seeing them yeah. at school or like, you know, in the city. Mm-hmm. It takes them out and about. It takes them to another planet, yeah. essentially. And I guess parts of Queensland yeah. look like a different planet. Yeah, the far, far north Queensland with the jungles and things like that. Yeah, that's it. It does, it, it does change, change the... Um, just the tone of it a little bit. There's a bit more of a cinematography element to it that the TV show just doesn't have, and that is that change of scenery and really, and it looks, you know, for the budget, it looks absolutely amazing because of the locations that they're using. Uh, so the production actually went over schedule, um, and because of that, they actually ended up filming some season two episodes of the mm. of the TV series. Obviously, they in, mm. this was in production whilst season two was in production. Um, so right. they, you know, they had the cast and stuff. So they're like, let's film some episodes. And I was actually doing a bit of a rewatch, you know, as I said, of the um, TV show, and most notably the the wedding, the wedding arc. That would make sense if you know what I'm talking about. And the return of the Green <laughs> Ranger episode arc. Right. You can tell that they're, they're in Australia. Like, shot in Australia. Everything <laughs> looks different. I mean, they even there's a plot point in the wedding episodes where mm-hmm. they go on a holiday or like a, a, a school trip thing. I forget what it was. I wasn't yeah. paying that much attention. But they go to Australia. Like, they're not right. even hiding it. They're just like, hey, we're going to Australia. Wait. And then you're like, yeah, hey, right. all their haircuts and stuff. I'm like, it looks like when you guys were in the movie. Like, it's <laughs> really weird. It's because it was like, yeah, day two. Yeah, it was smack in the middle of the but suit. With, really those, with those Return of the Green Ranger episodes, uh, well, I'll backtrack a little bit. The Tengu warriors that we see in this movie, they originally yeah. were rats. They were big rat suits, but they were yes. impractical and they just looked real shit for, uh, for the movie that they were trying to obviously make. So they repurposed mm. them and chucked them in the, in the TV show. So when they were filming these episodes, they were like, well, let's have some rat villains. And you see yeah. them in, the, in those Return of the Green Ranger episodes. Right. And I suppose the, you know, we're talking about a, mo- a TV show that has hit the big screen, but yeah. we're not getting the original cast of the tv show um what we are getting we're getting the cast from the second season which we do have a few originals but original rangers uh jason who the red was the red ranger played by austin st john zach the black Mm -hmm. ranger walter emmanuel jones and trini the yellow ranger thai trang they left the show during season two due to pay disputes like they literally walked out and you can see that in some of the episodes where it's like oh they're just they're trying hard they got, to... They've got some doubles in and it's not really working, yeah. but it, it's fine. Um, Austin St. John did reprise his role of Jason in Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. Um, so what mm. we get, the characters of Rocky, Adam and Aisha were introduced to replace, replace them. them. So by the time yeah. we were getting this movie, it was like, well, we're using these characters. Now, I have to admit, this is one of the very first things that really ruined... Um, didn't ruin it, but... Um, it changed my expectation for this movie. So I didn't know. So I must have only seen season one, I reckon. So you're like, um, you're these season people. two. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I was expecting Trini um, and I was expecting Zach and I was expecting Jason. And neither. And when I was writing a notes, I'm like, hang on, the, act, the actors aren't there. And then I watched the movie. And I was like, what's going on? I don't understand what these <laughs> new people are. But looking into the production notes, it makes now sense there's a transition during season two. Now, I also was wondering where the hell the Green Ranger was um, until you know, <laughs> oh we God. put together the notes. I was like, where the hell is the Green Ranger? Uh, um, and, and then, you know, the research is showing that obviously that's something that comes back. Yeah, because like, so, I don't, I don't think the White Ranger is introduced until the second season. 
<laughs> which is still which is still Tommy, which is still Tommy. So it's yeah. all good, but it's very confusing. Uh, let's talk about the Power Rangers that we get. And you've seen the notes that I've sort of structured here, and you'll notice yeah. that I, I've written Jason David Frank is Tommy, the White Ranger. Amy Jo Johnson yes. is Kimberly, the Pink Ranger. And then under that, yes. I've written other Rangers, and I've <laughs> I've just chucked in everyone else because you know what? Yeah. There are there are no characters. They are not characters. These are just actors on a screen doing their bit, going through the motions. Like this movie does not take its time to delve into the characters. There's no fleshing out. I mean, some of them they've got, I mean, there's constantly quippy lines that have not aged well, but essentially this is, this is Tommy's Mm. movie. And to a lesser extent, Kimberly's movies. The way I, I, I agree. And what I, yeah, Tommy's definitely the leader, um, not knowing too much about what's going on. And so he carries the whole thing. You've got other rangers, you know, Billy, Rocky, Adam and Aisha. But most of the time their dialogue is happening when they're wearing their bloody helmets and they're fighting. <laughs> and it's as if the, the actors are just there to get the characters into the fighting mode and that's what everybody wants to see. You know? yeah. they, do, they do have a little bit, of, you know, when they're not wearing their suits. Ultimately, that's just what I felt when I was watching it was, no, this is Tommy and Kimberly. This is, it's their movie. It's I mean, no one else's. I mean, really, I mean, more so, it, I'd go as far as to say it's Tommy and Friends, right? Tommy and, and Friends. What Tommy they and did, Friends. And Tommy, I mean, Jason David Frank mm-hmm. is, will forever be a childhood hero of, of mine. You know, like, I've right. even met the guy at uh, one of the Supernova cons here, mm-hmm. which was awesome because yeah. I was like, it's Tommy, the, the green mm-hmm. slash white ranger and then the the red zero ranger and then the red turbo ranger and then the black dino something right i don't know he get he comes back later on anyway <laughs> i digress um but it, it's this is this movie frames him as it's him and friends and what they did with kimberly in this movie i'll never forgive them she is there to be saved by tommy hey, three at least three times probably more i don't know i lost yeah. her there's two, two things I noticed with her, unfortunately, was she is there to be saved, so she's usually just screaming a lot. She does kick and fight. She does oh, fight, like, but yeah. she generally generally is in danger all the time. And also, she's the only real emotional weight in this story, so she's the one who's kind of grieving Zordon, you know, and going, we need to, you know, I'm just a bit upset about it all and stuff. Yeah. So, and for young audiences, I guess that's really the the only real emotional emotional depths that you really need to but get like, across, you know? They, they had a chance to make, well, at least portray Kimberly as she's been portrayed in the show as, you know, like she's a yeah. badass female yeah. warrior. Yeah. And in this movie, it's like, you know, she's the emotional one that, you know, really yeah. feels, which again, like, which is warranted, her appreciation of Zordon, like a father-like figure. Yeah. Then yeah. instead of her kicking ass, they have her mm. screaming, Tommy, you know, like just yeah. waiting to be saved. I yeah. hate it. But do you know what? What does that? What does that tell the children of today? Uh, what does or yesterday? yesterday? But do you know what? Yesterday. Do you know what? I never thought about it until I became an adult. So it's fine. Um, and <laughs> Jamie John Johnson will continue to forever be my nine-year-old eternal crush. <laughs> can I just say? Can I just say without being too too crass? Right? There's a line in the movie. So. So Amy Jo Johnson, she's a, a good-looking person, right? Now, the, what the pig, the pig dude, the pig guy, Morton, Morton or something like that, he says, oh, no, sorry, who says cute, cute pink ranger? 
And then the pig guy turns around and goes, you think she's cute too, huh? And then goes, hmm. I'm like, what is that? What is that? Yeah. It's a children's show. It's what are you talking about? I believe it was Goldar that says that, but I'll... I'll, I'll oh, Goldar says I'll it. That's right. it. Goldar says it. Yeah. <laughs> Goldar says it. No, same, I mean, same point. The, the, the minion. The minion says it. <laughs> yeah. So if we're talking about just how... Um, just, you know, Kimberly was portrayed in this, you know, different to the TV show. I just felt it was a bit weird, just that one line that I, I was reading is that, yeah, they really are kind of really enforcing <laughs> that she, 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 wasn't, she wasn't anyone other than a bit of a vulnerable kind of person. <laughs> but it is, it's a kid's movie and so you've got to look at it through different lenses, of course. So. Yeah, I mean, they weren't being filthy with her, but, you know, I think they did just highlight the fact that everyone, I mean, even like, I mean, like the actual audience is like, Kimberly's, the cute one. It's <laughs> like, what everyone. She's everyone's like the Pink Ranger. Every child, every yeah. little boy's little crush, and yeah. some little girls yeah. maybe. I don't know. Yeah, is yeah. what it is. But um, you know, the other Rangers, they just, they, they just, they're not serviced at all. It's, it's shocking. Mm. I mean, the, the, the biggest thing I got from Billy from this movie was the fact that he wasn't wearing his glasses. And then when I read right. into it, it turned out that. He actually told David Yost told Hamza Bam that he preferred not to wear them, you know, and the fake lenses started to mess with his eyesight. So eventually, in the TV show, yeah. they stopped having him wear glasses as well. And I was like, okay, yeah. that's my takeaway, and that's not even a anything to do with his character. That's <laughs> just mm. a behind the scenes. I'm pre- pretty sure I only hear Adam say one line, and it's that he doesn't like frogs. You know, like that's so. That is Adam's complete story arc in this movie. It's. I don't want to, you know, I'm the frog and disappointment about that. And then, you know, they'll yeah. see it tells them that, you know, it's all good. Frogs are cool. Like the ones you kissed, turn yeah. to a prince. And you're like, cool. That's his story arc. And it's that's over it, yeah. 13 seconds. <laughs> like, and that's the characters. Like, you know, they all have their lines yeah. and they're kicking stuff and they're all there constantly. Yeah. But they're just, they're under, they're just not used. But... <laughs> On the upside, with this bigger budget, bigger, I say, bigger budget theatrical <laughs> film, we do get upgraded suits. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, these Ranger suits, um, they're made of PVC and metal plating rather than the standard spandex that you saw yes. in the show. Yep. So good. I did read, though, so when I was doing the research, though, that, so that's very noticeable um, difference for the actors as well. So due to the long hours of filming, the suits apparently weigh approximately 40 pounds. They, it was causing back pain for co-stars um, Amy Jo Johnson um, and Karen Ashley. So, yeah, they were getting in, they were in pain because they were used to wearing probably spandex, <laughs> yeah. and that wasn't the case. Is it <laughs> so, heavy? And it, it's, it's expensive. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> nice one. There's another Jurassic Park line in here as well. No. We'll, we'll the one on and only, I, yeah, a great uh, timely 1995 pop culture reference. <laughs> Welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> hey, that was Adam's line. He had a second line. That's good. <laughs> it did have it. Oh, right. I thought that was Tommy who said it. Anyway, uh, good on you, Adam. Uh, but I, I really like, I really like these these suits. Um, and what what's noticeable about them is that the suits actually fit featured the prehistoric animal or dinosaur, as you will, emblems yeah. in the centre of the white diamond. So that actually wasn't in the show, neither was it later on. They just... Oh, right. And that's... that's the I, I like it. I like the fact that they have an emblem. Normally, it's just on their belt where their power coin is. I like these suits. They look good. I think they, they actually considered not having the visors over just so you could see the character. Yeah. And then they... Re- I, I think they actually so. shot some footage and they realised... 
okay, that's a mistake. Put them back on, put them back on. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like the identities yeah. need to be hidden, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's just... It's I mean, well, for, the, for the stunt teams and stuff as well. But it is like there's some changes. So Kimberly no longer has a skirt. Um, and I know that they're... And that's, you know, they're moving away from the spandex um, into the more solid out, like armour. Um, Rocky's got a scope mode built into his helmet and Aisha has headlights, um, which she shows... But Adam, though, he, he was supposed to have sonars on the side of his helmets. Um, right. But they didn't, that didn't make it to the final cut. Yeah, so, again, Adam's just getting, that. <laughs> Adam gets nothing. <laughs> gets Poor nothing. Adam. Yeah, um, but like... you know what? Like, that whole that scene where they first, I mean, it's one of only two times they're in the Power Ranger outfits and they're fighting, like, the Usman guys, you know, like, mm. and they're kicking ass and they're flipping everywhere because no one walks or runs anywhere. They just have to flip yeah. wherever they go. Mm. Every time they move their arms, it's like, swooshing <laughs> sounds. It's nuts, yeah. man. And, like, they're it kicking is. the ooze guys and they're exploding and purple crap's mm. going everywhere. This... That was good fun. The peak of this movie. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The wire work is passable yet shocking. <laughs> like there's no gravity whatsoever. They're yeah. doing things like, can Tommy fly? Yeah. I think he can fly for like short. Well, there's that weird corkscrew kick and everything, doesn't it? Yeah, man, it's not Weirder. like there's, there's yeah. no. And uh, mm. Billy has that. He has like that that rope thing and it takes like yep. 20 minutes to bloody like hook onto something and then pull him up. <laughs> it's like someone will shoot you dead in that time. Yes, exactly. I get nuts. Um, but but it, is a, it is a kid's movie. I will say though, they don't actually run away. They do backflips to run away, which is really odd. Like at the very, one of the, that open, one of those opening scenes is, um, yeah, like Kimberly's like, we got to go. And then starts backflipping away. I'm like, why are you just not running? I don't understand why you're yeah, not it's running like, away. Right behind you, Kimberly, and it's like backflip. There's a bit oh, where, where Aisha's like, you know, she looks a bit hurt or something and she sort of crouched down. And I think it's Billy and he, it might be, it could be out, I don't know. Backflips a few times, lands next to her, flips around, says swooshing mm. sounds all over the place. <laughs> are you okay, Aisha? <laughs> <laughs> which is a fantastic uh, way to ensure your friends are okay <laughs> it's yes, absolutely we'll be doing this forever and then swoosh six times my goodness mate it's nuts but Fine. you know what this is like i said the peak of the movie i love this is what the, if this movie was mm. this throughout the whole thing yeah because it's just oh. so ridiculous but at the same time so awesome and it's the yeah it's the Power Rangers that we want to see. It's the you know, if mm. you're still getting the helmets, it still looks like them. It looks great. I mean, it's, like I said, it's a kid, it's a kids movie, and I think if you're six years old, you'd be loving this movie. You'd be loving it. Even today, you'd be loving it. It's just crazy. Colors, bright colors, flapping out all over the shop everywhere. Yeah. Speaking of all the upgrades and stuff that we get, the command center. Yes. Is is immaculate? Immaculate compared to? I mean, do you remember the command center from the show? Vaguely, very vaguely. <laughs> but with yes. that, you know, you get you get Zordon. You've got Alpha, and like mm. you know, he's all doped up. But Zordon, played yeah. by Nicholas Bell and voiced by Robert mm. L. Manahan, who's the same voice from the show, um, and yeah. Alpha, played by Peter Marie Rickson, voiced by Richard Wood, yeah. again the same voice from the show. They inhabit this. Very good. Like I said, as I remember <laughs> seeing this as a kid, and it was like my only memory from the cinema experience was. The look mm. of his command center. It's insane. Yeah. 
it's, yeah. it's, it's really lit up. It's so much more brighter. Um, yeah. There's a redesigned neon columns. And even the viewing globe is like a badass mm. TV now. Which <laughs> it's, cool. it's, it's pretty cool. I must say, um, when, a, when the community centre is destroyed and then when they come in and they fix it at the end, you know, I think that, the, you know, Christopher, Christopher uh, Nolan must have seen, <laughs> seen that scene. <laughs> Just so it might have influenced some of his more recent work, they were, perhaps. I'm not they sure. were doing time version in, back in 1995 oh, and they geez. were reconstructing the, the command centre. I've got to say, though, like, as a kid, I remember, you know, the command centre, this, this safe spot, you know, like the, the home mm. of the Power Rangers being destroyed. That shit mess with, messes with you. It's, it's, it's dark, yeah. man. It's dark. I may not have felt the impact here as a 34-year-old, but I certainly would have if I was six years old, for sure. <laughs> well, let's, Especially um, the way the ooze comes through the door. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, um, let's put a pin in ooze for a sec. Let's talk about the villains, but we'll get to ooze in just a moment. Rita yeah. Repulsa and Lord yeah. Zed. Now, you're saying you were only a, a season one kid. Do you yeah. know Lord Zed? No, I don't. But I will say that I was very impressed by the prosthetics. So Lord Zed, you see he's, how he's got his brain thing? Yeah, it, his brain like wobbles and stuff. I mean, there's probably more to it there in the movie, but like essentially that's what it looks like in the show. Oh, really? Same with Rita. It's like they neat. haven't he looks done like, too yeah. much with the, um, with their, I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. they have and I'm sure it does look a lot more you know, yeah. detailed and stuff. But essentially the show actually has their designs like that. It's not much more right. to it. So it's... Hmm. Pretty cool. I, I saw the brain, like Zed's brain move, and I'm like, oh, I better write that down. What's that character's name? And at that very same time, he's like zapping things with his stick with Big Zed on it. I'm like, what's his name? I don't know what his name is. I have to figure this out. If only there was a clue, yeah. something to tell me. there's a clue. I don't know what it is. But you, rem- um, you remember so, Rita, though. That's, that's fine. With yeah, her, with her yeah. giant cone boobs. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, with the cone boobs. The oh, take somebody's eye out boobs. The Serena Repulse played by Julia Cortez. That's the physical form. Yes. And it's Barbara, Barbara Goodson, Goodson. who does the voice. She does that really television. grating. <laughs> her voice is so annoying. Oh my god. Finally, so, a real man. Um, I can't do it. It's, it just sounds like a witch. <laughs> It's the closest, closest, better than I can do. Um, but that was Julia Cortez's last film. So I'm not sure whether they just got a different person in to do Rita Repulsa because it wouldn't be the last time you've seen Rita Repulsa, I'm sure. Um, um, yeah, in the... Uh, I'd have to look. I mean, they might have... Remember how I said they were starting to run out of footage with the, yeah, with the show? Yeah. I think they might... Because yeah. there's a story point where... I think, it's again, it's that wedding, that wedding stuff. Yeah. And Rita actually does something where she becomes more youthful looking. Uh, Basically, right, so it's, 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 I believe that's Julie Cortez. I might just be making that up, but I believe the physical okay. form is Julie Cortez and they continue to dub her with Barbara Goodson in the show. Yeah. Well, it's a pretty iconic sounding voice, really, isn't it? So, yeah. But they also, they upgrade, you know, Lord Zed's palace or Rita's palace, I don't know, whoever's bloody palace it is. Um, mm. So his throne room or what they call the chamber of command, you know, they're they made up of aluminium foil over constructed wood framing. So, you know, little right. production tips there. Now is it? Is that on the moon? It is on the moon, yes. Yes. Okay, because I'm just I'm remembering it and I'm like, you can see the earth clearly. So I'm like, are they on an I asteroid always, or are they on the I moon? I always referred to Rita, like Rita's palace on the moon. That's what I always thought it was. Uh, maybe Zed came in and renamed it and I just missed that. But, mate, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk the standout... The standout actor of this film, the standout character, <laughs> Mr. 
Ivan Ooze. <laughs> Ivan Ooze. Um, Paul Freeman played Ivan Ooze, um, both acting and voice, which is unique to all of the villains in this movie because they all have a different actor and a different voice. So it took seven hours for him to be made up. And it's not a surprise when you see these like prosthetics and stuff. It's pretty heavy, but he does have a green or like a purpley tongue. And so he drank black currant juice and held it in his mouth and spat it out just before he did his takes. What commitment is does Paul Freeman have? <laughs> Look, I'm not joking when I say he's the best thing about this movie. Like, yeah, he is. I mean, I mean, uh, his acting is actually pretty damn good. <laughs> like, it's fine for what it is, but it's pretty. It's, it's yeah. more than that. It's pretty damn good. Um, and I, I yeah, yeah. was watching a bit of behind the scenes stuff, and apparently the director just let him like just do what he. He was just like just yeah. go with it, yeah. do what you want, be as weird zany as you want and i think paul freeman really just mm. took that and went yeah all right like he's great yeah. he's <laughs> his line his delivery like he is yeah. i'm not being funny like he's legitimately <laughs> i enjoy watching him and he had like a mouthpiece obviously like for his teeth yeah. and he was like yeah. it made it hard for him to talk but he just went i want to use that as part of the character yeah. that's why he has such a distinct sort of sound to him as yeah. well I just love it. So he's a yeah. his background is like he's like a theatre kind of actor, so he performs. It's it's I, I love it. I'm not even being yeah. funny. I yeah. I love it. No, I don't have, I've got I don't really have any complaints. I see I've seen here we've got the the, uh, the uh, his best line for me was when he's <laughs> when he's destroying the command center and he's saying all the things he's missed. So he's he missed out on the Black Plague and the Spanish Inquisition. But then he ad libbed. He also missed out on the Brady Bunch reunion. As the Brady well. Bunch reunion. Oh, so, no, he's he's yeah. So I think you're right. I would agree. He kind of is the, is the character that carries it and is the most engaging. Interestingly, so Rowan Atkinson, Phil Collins, Tim Curry, Danny DeVito, and Christopher Lloyd, all of those were considered for the role. Tim Curry could have done a good job, I reckon. Yeah, Paul Freeman. He was so uh, eccentric. Paul Freeman from Raiders of the Lost Ark. I yeah. believe that's the only credit I can think. Yeah, yeah. from that's that's it. Yeah, but you know he's great. Let's quickly talk yeah. about Goldar, and I mean we did touch mm. on Morden earlier. I mean Goldar is essentially the same character from the TV show. Like he sounds right. the same, he does the same thing. He's just as easy to to backstab his you know his bosses or whatever. Yeah, and suck up to the new one. Yep, yep. But yep. I'm just glad Goldar features in this because Goldar's badass. Goldar is cool. Like I like the look of him. He's cool. Because he is, he has been yeah, one of the key villains of the TV series, right? Like he's yeah. one of the ones that gets inflated to be giant and huge. I think in right? like the first, I, mean, epi- I think he's the first one to go big in the in the TV yeah, show. Right. Um, there's right. a few other. He's in the movie. He's in the movie too. The the, uh, the um the new one. Yeah, yeah, but he looked yeah. like he looked shit there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Completely different. Um, there's a few <laughs> of Rita's minions that don't appear in here who are prominent in the show. Including like Finster and um, I don't know yeah. what's his name, Baboon and something. I don't know all of those. Mm. But they stick with Goldar. But they also introduce Mordant, who is that mm. pig guy or the warthog. Um, now he's never actually appeared in the TV show, and he never does right. after this movie. Okay? I'm happy about this. He does have a few good pun, punny lines, but yeah, I kind of don't really don't think he need, he needs to be anywhere. But I don't know why though. I don't know how they explain that he kind of has just appeared randomly because apparently he doesn't have was, an origin in this. He just apparently there was a bit of a story point there, but then they just never included it. But apparently there was yeah, a whole right. explanation of why the rest weren't there and why this guy was here. But then they were just like, yeah. we don't need it. 
No one cares. <laughs> I wonder why they chose to bring in a new character and not just, not just bring in one of the others. I don't understand that. Yeah, it's something new. Sell a new toy. Actually, considering the, <laughs> yeah, new, new property. Yeah. yeah. Bulk and Skull. They're in this yeah. movie. The comic relief from the show. Started off as bullies, eventually just became, you know, just annoying mates of, of, of the yeah. rangers in human form. I mean, they get a lot. They get a lot of trust. I mean, they're skydiving at the start as well. I don't know how you can manage to not uh, have a tandem. You know, yeah. like they, they must be qualified skydivers. Let's talk about the skydiving. Yeah, so this movie yeah. has the Power Rangers skydiving. I mean, I know they give yeah. it a reason, but there's no reason. It just it's just no. Power so Rangers I, doing cool shit. Then they're rollerblading. I wrote it down. Yeah, then they're rollerblading. That was very um, so nineties, um, <laughs> uh, mighty, mighty Ducks esque. Which they do in Mighty Ducks 2 and Mighty Ducks 1. No, the skydiving, I thought, was just... It was actually really done, done really well in the way of introducing characters. If you were just seeing that for the very first time, you got everybody's name straight up. Yeah. If you were seeing it as a return from the TV series, you would immediately identify who everybody is straight yeah. away. Kid, oh, I mean... It's very easy for the kids to go, oh, look, there they all are. Yay! And they're always... I mean, oh, the yeah. trope is they're always wearing their colours. I mean, the people of Angel Grove surely must be like, hey, those six teenagers are always wearing those identifiable colours. They're always in a group. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if it has anything that, to do with Rangers. So in this movie, they're not, are they not, does Angel Grove not know who they are? No, no, no. Secret identities, mate. Oh, you must right, keep your identity a secret. Because they're, they're eating, eating, eating a big feast of seafood and lobster and prawn and stuff at the end. And I was like, oh, someone's shouting them bloody lunch, aren't they? So I thought they were getting there with the fireworks and stuff. I was like, they oh, probably made They probably made Adam Pace. They did really well. <laughs> yeah. It's just Adam. Adam Pace. Adam will pay. Adam Pace. <laughs> Adam will pay. <laughs> I really like, um, is it Skull's helmet? The one that's got the mohawk or is that Bob? I don't want yeah. his spine. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Hope that's not in the quiz question. Oi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so yeah they're great comic relief like you said from the TV show here they're just sidekicks I guess to a point and they kind of help Fred out a little bit and that's the next person we've got there you so go Jamie nice Croft. nicely done Fred so, so this movie was like a- hey we need a kid so the kids have someone to relate to when they're watching this movie yeah. with these 30 year olds playing teenagers um, let's put an actual yeah. child in the movie <laughs> you know he's as child actors go he's He's okay. He's not that annoying. Mm. He's okay. He's fine. He's I fine. mean, he has, I think he, he has more to do than 80% of the Power Rangers, which is, which yeah. is cool. He has a more, more, more um, character development than all of them put together, yeah. probably. Mm. There's um, a whole thing with the monorail and then the, the big fire hose yeah. thing or whatever it is, oozing down, yeah. you know, washing down his oozed up, all the oozed up parents, the zombies mm. walking off the cliff to their doom. There was um that was one of the things that they saved costs on in the production was he was meant to hose down all the kids in the diner as well and knock them out of their uh, like their trance and then that's how he knew to use the fire hose at the end right but they decided not to do the big hose yeah, down be- in the diner because it was he just did the wolf like- whistle instead. Yeah. When he's doing his speech to all the kids who and look the ooze thing is definitely like an an analogy for like drugs and stuff because they're like hey mm. our parents are zombies now let's party and eat ooze um, yeah. they were eating it i'm sure they were they were doing all weird yeah. stuff to it make them giant bubbles uh, but he's doing his speech and there's that one kid it's just like what are you talking about like shut up get down mm. and then he, he just tells him he's like 
we have to save them or they're all going to die. And then the, the scene cuts. And then the next yeah. thing you see is them running to the monorail, like, yeah, <laughs> let's... Yeah. So, so yeah, right. no, he, was meant to, he was meant to hose them down, just like he does with the adults at the end. Right. So. But Fred's great, and, you know, he's, he's next in line to become a ranger, apparently. Allegedly. Never happens. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> never. I don't think it does. I don't remember a gold or Fred, silver ranger coming out of it. Well, there is so, a... Eventually, there is a... I think it's as soon as... I think even in Zero, there might be a silver and or gold. But, yeah, no, they do all sorts of colours. But Fred is lost in continuity. You never see him. Sorry, Fred. Sorry, Fred. All right, we've got... My least favorite character, oh, Dulcia, uh, played by Gabrielle Fitzpatrick. Now, she was originally cast as Mariska Hargitay, who you'd know as uh, one of the leads from Law and Order SVU. Right. They, they filmed some scenes with it, they shot stuff, and then they realized right. they were doing something wrong and they got Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Look, she's, she's fine in the role. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Just her character is like, she's exposition. She's a, yeah. hey, this is the direction you go in. She has the answer for mm. everything. She just knows everything that's going on. Zordon, I know yeah. Zordon. Ivan News, I know Ivan News. The Great Power, yeah, yeah. it's over there. Like, <laughs> here's yeah. a, here's some new animals, new abilities. Go, 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 go. go I mean, forth. there's there's oh. nothing there's nothing to her. She's she comes out yeah. of nowhere. She's not I mean, half she's naked. A, she's just she's got a fantastic outfit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> super inappropriate for a kid. Oh, Dulcia was for the dads. <laughs> Yes, I, uh, that's I what it was. I get it. Uh. Um, but look, originally, <laughs> she was scripted as a more fleshed-out character. Basically, they they found a way to explain that she was a member of an old ancient order called the Order of Melodon, a group mm. which imprisoned Ivan Ooze. So the whole backstory was actually going to be explained, but then they right. cut it for time. There was even right. um, there was even a major scene that was cut out which involved a training sequence in which Dulcia actually taught the rangers about their ninjetti powers um, whilst they were on Fados. Just all gone. Yeah, right. They were like, Just, ah, well, this movie's too long. Like we ain't got, ain't got time. Ain't got time for this. 90 minutes. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Well, they're, they're like, kids, kids are not paying attention anymore. <laughs> like, we're going we're 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 to have them jumping around fighting again. I'm so, curious though. Like, I wonder sense. if you know, I mean, maybe I don't want any more in-depth stuff, but maybe I do. I don't know. A little part of me you just wants to. the stupid action scenes where they're fighting and kicking ooze butt. Mm. And the, on the other hand, I'm like, well, maybe if there was more depth and it was done properly, I would yeah. have the other stuff. But let's talk about let's talk about the great power, the ninjetti power, and the yep. animal costumes. You got you got Aisha. She's a bear. She loves that when she gets told that. Um, you get Rocky. He's an ape. He loves that when he gets told that. <laughs> In fact, they all do, except Adam. Hey, he comes. Adam. So you got Billy. 13 seconds. He's, he's all good. He's all good. So Billy's Billy a wolf. Kimberly's a crane, and I don't quite understand that because they talk about how she's um like light-footed and elegant and things like that. But I was like, is, is a crane fragile, though? Like, <laughs> I just don't think they can fight very well, you know. So she's a crane. Adam's a frog. Poor bloke, and Tommy is of course the Falcon, or if you're American, it's the Falcon. So <laughs> the Falcon. <laughs> uh, do you know what? Um, we'll talk about the actual Ninjetti costumes, but I just want to jump ahead to you know later on where they fully unlock like the great power, and it infuses with yeah. the with the animal spirit things, and mm. they go they they're able to morph again into like their full helmet costumes and stuff like that. Yeah. Their emblems change to the new animal symbols, right? Which I'm like, okay, cool, perfect, as you mm. would. Their yeah. helmets are still the dinosaur helmets, 
and it just annoys me. And it annoys uh-huh. me in the show as well because this also happens mm. and they still keep right. it done. And I'm just like, why? Why? Like, you know, I reckon they should have changed. Don't want to throw out the old wardrobe. No, no, no. How many, how many, how many old T-shirts you got in your bloody drawers, mate? <laughs> they just should have updated the helmets. It annoys me. But anyway, back to the okay. back to the, the ninjetti <laughs> costumes. So it's all material. Yeah. They look like ninjas. They have open gaps on their over their eyes, which I refer to as like the Ned Kelly look. If you know about Ned Kelly, or if you're Australian, you know what I'm talking about, like the letterbox type thing. <laughs> um, whereas in the TV series, when they introduced these mm-hmm. costumes, they went full eye covered, like Batman. <laughs> right. A very interesting little tidbit there, but I do not remember any of that. So there you go. There you go. Season three, mate. Um, season three. <laughs> season three. Season three. Didn't get that far. Didn't get that far. Um, so uh, the Temple of Great Power, where they all end up, it was the largest set constructed for the movie. The set, which included the functioning waterfall pool and the huge door that reveals that big pyramid thing, took up an entire soundstage at Warner Roadshow Movie World Studios uh, on the Gold Coast of Queensland. Now, it took up the entire stage, but I would dare say that's probably from like LA standards or uh, Atlanta standards, probably a small soundstage. But anyway, <laughs> for, for the purpose of this conversation, it was a big set. It was the biggest one that they had so, yeah. and took up all of the space. I mean, it looked pretty big. Um, and it was a great set. It was all right. I watched it when they like walk it through like the jungle, but then they walk into... Because at first I was like, is that just like a Queensland like a rainforest? But then they ended up walking into like the temple outskirts. And I'm like, okay, no, this is a soundstage. <laughs> this is yeah. like, they they built this. Well done, guys. I was like, good effort. Good well effort. Done. Yeah. That was, the, uh, spend that was some 18, money. Of the 20, 18 of the 20 million. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That <laughs> I mean, surely a bit of the budget went to the new Zords. And I think maybe this is a detriment to this movie because we're getting the Power Rangers on the big screen, but we're not yeah. getting the iconic dinosaur zords or, you know, yeah. the um, the dragon zords or whatever they had in the second season. But we get these new animal ones, and you know they incorporate yeah. it in the show as well. But I mean, the final yeah. battle that we get, you know, the big zord fight. Basically, you got the you got the individual zords versing the ectomorphicons, and then after when Ivan right. Ooze grossly inserts himself into one of the, well, the last standing morphicon. <laughs> Face first. Becomes really big. Then you get the ninja megazord where they all combine. Yeah. I mean, but let's just talk about the CGI. So, okay, it's 1995. Jurassic Park had already come out. You know, there was, there was a few others in the works there that had pretty amazing CG. This is certainly not one of those ones I mean, at all. I mean, it, do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, um, is it, it was a TV show around Transformers around um, Beast, was Beast Wars? Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Show? yeah. Yeah, that's what the CG reminded me of. So a TV show, <laughs> so CGI. Animated. It hasn't aged well, but do you know what? When it came out and when I was a kid, I don't remember mm. having any issue with it. I yeah. completely believed what I was looking at. You know, they built, they built instead of having giant dudes in suits, they went for the mm. CGI look, which is just like so mm. against what the show is. But they, at least they built yes. a miniature of the city. They did film some practical stuff and then they incorporated it with mm. like the CGI. So, I mean, yeah. they would do a little explosion and stuff. It's it's so, and together, it's just not amazing and it hasn't well, aged well. Let's just be real. As a kid, if you're a child watching you're this movie, it, yeah. you don't give a crap about it. I, remember I will say that as it. an adult watching it, I really was it one of the... So this is one of the things that 
gets me and I was what I, what what my expectation was. I was expecting men in costumes running around <laughs> a miniature city, but I was looking forward to that. I was looking forward to hey, that element of it. Save that like, for Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, and we'll get. Oh, it comes back to that. We'll get guy in a big suit. <laughs> Great. That's because that you know that's the the throwbacks to the old um, just the old method of doing these giant like you know kaiju and like robot. Yeah. You know, like the old Godzilla movies and all of that. It's like, yeah, they just had a detailed miniature that this dude just trashed, and it was just fun. It just looked Absolutely, yeah, fun, definitely. Whereas this is this is you know from a, a um technical side of things, I mean the CG was I was fine. You had lots of metallic things, and so that there in itself is challenging. Um, they had reflections in windows and stuff, which was pretty impressive for the time. But they the foley that was attached to the animations. Like you've got these big giant machines and they should be booming down the street and they barely make a little tickle as they're walking. Like they can, you can barely hear them walking. And I'm like, oh, it just takes it, take, took it away from me. <laughs> I would have really felt sorry for the poor dads and mums watching That's this it. movie because of that. It serves its purpose. It's fine. It's you know fine. what? They built three cockpits for the Ninja Zord mm-hmm. cockpits yep. um, and two different outer shells for different Ninja Zords were used to change the Zords from one to another. Um, yep. The bear and wolf zords shared the first cockpit, while ape and the frog shared the second, and the crane and falcon shared the third cockpit. So, I mean, you know, yeah. they're saving money where they can. Mm-hmm. Um, the displays and- in the Megazord util- utilized over 3,000 lamp wired, um, yeah. over 71 different state circuits, and 90% of the lamps used in the Megazord displays were tungsten. <laughs> That's an interesting, interesting little tidbit. So just a complicated set that maybe doesn't need to be so complicated, but um, you know it is what it is. It yeah. is. Let's let's it jump is. to the um, let's jump to the end where all is said and done. Ivan Ooze has been kneed in the balls. He's destroyed <laughs> by that comet, which at yeah. least they mentioned early on in the movie. So I'm like, okay, foreshadowing. That's fine. Mm. Um, the <laughs> when they're at the command center, they're too late. Zordon's dead, but then Tommy mm. says, "Remember what we learned." Mm. Everything is possible. Come on, what, what is this bullshit? <laughs> so, you know, where they put their powers together and they... Yeah, and they reverse time or they restore the physical damage and bring Zordon back to life. And But, but Jason, anything is possible, all right? Just anything is possible. Just, I hate it. Just, but um, it's fine. It it's... <laughs> uh, interestingly, that scene was actually filmed and set to be before um, the Megazord battle. Right. But then they recut it and sort of edited it in a certain mm. way, so it took place after, and that's why they look mm. so. They don't look dishevelled in any way. <laughs> like the Rangers all look very pretty and. Prepared. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. they were supposed right. to revive Zordon and then come back to the city, beat Ivanus, mm. and then celebration. But they reversed it, and I think it worked. It did work better for an emotional, right, sort of um, pace. I can see it also working the other way around, but you know, so be it. It is. It is. That's the that's the uh, order that they chose. So, I just want to mention the um, the TV series once again, um, and how it rewrites the continuity early on in the in the third season during its yes. Ninja Quest story arc, which I actually watched last night after watching this movie. <laughs> just happened to be where I was. It was good. So the show introduced <laughs> Rita's brother Rito Repulsa, who succeeds in destroying the command center and strips the Rangers right. of their power. Um, leading them to receiving their ninja powers. So Rito right. essentially replaces Ivan Ood's, you know, as a character, as his whole purpose. The show has Rito introducing the Tengu warriors, which are the bird things. Are, are, the, are the Tengu warriors still birds? 
they are. They look, well, I mean, they're literally the same costumes. <laughs> so they oh, just okay. repurpose them. They're <laughs> right, saving the money. Um, yeah, and yeah. Dolcia is replaced by a male robot character called Ninja, and he's the one who gives the Rangers their their power. Hmm. I don't think they. I don't believe they left the planet. I think they just went somewhere outside of Angel Grove. I'd be interested to find out if um, so. It was all the same actors as well, right? As in, um, yeah, for sure, the Rangers. So yeah. they've just did they get the same. Ninja like animals and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Adam, same Adam costumes besides besides like the, the obviously the cover of the eyes. So they adjusted that slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Obviously, they went back to the spandex like full ranger okay. costumes. But yeah, no, they yeah. essentially just refilmed, but like on a TV budget, TV set, hmm. kind of just retreading. I guess similar story points. Right. Just introduce them in a different way, mate. After all of that, let's have a quick break. And yeah, we need a bit of a breather. We'll see. We'll, come see. Back we'll be right up. back. Hi, I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. And we are the guys from Nut Film Stew. Do you like movie reviews and want to keep up to date with the latest in movie and TV news? Then Nut Film Stew is the podcast for you. Join us every two weeks for some good times, laughs, and firm opinions on the things we love. That's right. There's a new podcast released every two weeks on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. That Film Stew Podcast. Listen, comment, follow, share. And we're back. Interesting tidbit. So during uh, the final scene, it turned into a bit of a schmozzle um, because uh, local radio DJs, a schmozzle indeed, um, local DJs caught wind of it all and they tried to turn it into a Meet the Power Rangers contest. Aussie what? DJs. Mate. So Aussie the DJs. final scene, is this when they're eating lobster and there's fireworks and there's thank you, you Power know, Rangers? Jason, you know, Jason, I don't know. I don't know specifics. But that's what all it, I know is that that's what it would. That's what it well, would. It, it says. Like, it yeah. says the notes here say filming the final scene. So I'm guessing that's the final. Yeah. It's not the last scene filmed, but it's could be the final scene of the of Maybe. the movie that well, we good. see. Perhaps Who interesting. Knows? But either way, I think the point the point that you're not focusing on there is that Australian DJs are bastards. No, just, just the ones. Hard. Just the ones in Sydney. Just the Let's ones in on. Sydney. I want to give uh, a shout out. I want to give a shout out to. Yes. I guess some of the actors that are in this movie that aren't really credited. I'm talking but about. They're definitely there. I'm talking about the stunt people. So, except for some mm. occasions, such as the moments when they are in costume with the helmets obviously removed, stuntmen were actually in the Power Ranger uniforms when they were morphed instead of the actors that we know. The following stuntmen and women played as the Power Rangers, but were not credited with doubling the actors. Hien Nguyen was the White Ranger. Sophia yeah. Crawford was the Pink Ranger. David Wold, the Blue Ranger. Bridget Riley was the Yellow Ranger. And Danny Storkup was the Black Ranger. And Stuart Kwan was the Red Ranger. Um, during filming, the stuntmen were nicknamed Ranger Actors. By the crew. Quick round of applause for the stunt men and women yes. out there. Well done, guys. Well done. Well done. Woo. Not, not to take anything away from our principal cast, but these guys were, <laughs> they were getting it done. I mean, you know what they shared? It was probably, if you, if you did the math on how much time they're on screen, you know, they probably did deserve a bit of an acting credit. But anyway. Yeah. Well, probably half the time. On yeah. that, though, I mean, Johnny Young Bosch, who, again, was Adam, uh, the Black Ranger, yeah. he did his own uh, ninja suit stunts because his stunt actor had broken his leg during training. Um, oh, wow. Jason David Frank, 
obviously as Tommy, the White Ranger, also did many of his own stunts. I mean, these guys, as well as being actors, they were also Jason David Frank. He does martial arts. Like, that's his thing. That's his, mm. his trade, essentially, besides acting. Yeah. So, I mean, they can pull off a lot of the things that they're doing, but obviously there's a lot involved in it. So oh, the yeah. stunt actors came in well, handy. Well, we do actually have that scene at, you know, when they're fighting in the quarry and they're not in their suits. Um, and I'm sure a lot of that was doubles with camera tricks. But yeah. you see their face while they're pulling to move. So they're obviously, like, they are nimble and fit people themselves and are capable of uh, doing some of this. But how much? Uh, well, I guess we'll, we won't really truly know all of that. Now, talking of talking of stunts, um, the skydiving scenes are cuts back and forth between real skydiving, skydiving footage, as you would expect, and a set uh, replica of the prop plane in which the rangers interact and jump out of. If you know that, then you can kind of piece it together. It makes sense. Um, <laughs> so the flying scenes are when you see the ranger's face is done um, in front of a green screen on the same same night as the prop plane shoot. So that's just a bit of camera trickery. But, um, yeah, there were obviously people doing skydiving. Like that, that was a real thing. <laughs> it's real. Like that's, Wait, that's one thing. In this movie, you know, we talked about, like, the real shoddy CGI, mm. you know, the, the bad the pretty average wiring tricks and stuff, which, you know, it, yeah. it works, but it's also pretty shoddy. There's quite a lot in here that it's like, you know, they made a pretty decent production that some of the shots practical. Yeah. I mean, there's that pretty crummy dinosaur skeleton, which, you know, and <laughs> it works, but, you know, well, you know what? That's actually least, one of my favourite scenes. <laughs> at least it was practical. At least it was practical. Yeah. Practical I'm sure we tidbit about, about that scene now that you've said it, though. I have to say it now. Now, you did pick up that it was a distorted T-Rex roar from Jurassic Park, didn't you? Always. <laughs> so you, you listen to it. Any, so the, the, that, anytime I hear it, I, hear it roar. Yeah. I know. I know where it's yeah. from. I know where it's from. Speaking of sound, though, I'm going to use that as a bit of a segue and jump in. Yeah, well done. Soundtrack. Jeez, oh, you're good. And all, yeah. well, also the score. We'll get to the center in, in a bit. But the score, um, Grain Revel is our composer, um, known yes. as the composer of the Riddick trilogy. So that, that's my fault for putting that down. That's the only example I could find of consistent work that he did. Consistent um, work. Oh, that, that in no way is that leading of any, any reflection of that this score is anything like that. I mean, this but score is fine. That, this score's fine. It's, it's fine. It's not bad. Um, I, did, I did put down in my notes that the score is actually really bass heavy. You hear a lot of um, like bass guitar plucking and then some of the music that's on the soundtrack we'll talk about also has some of those like you know high like bass tempo like you know like really prominent tunes and riffs but the score also factors that in i did so i think i wrote down it's a it's not a bad mix it doesn't need to do much to be honest but it's a mix of like fantasy mystery and then camp oh yeah for sure i mean yeah it's perfect you've you said it perfectly that's it that's what it is and a little bit of mystery, bit of camp, just get it done. It's not too heavy. It's, it does oh. the job of telling you how you're meant to feel. <laughs> it's simple, but it, it's effective. One thing I'll point out um, just with overall sound, so moving from um, just that score element, but there's obviously a lot of like foley sound effects in this. What the? It's all very childish. Yeah, that. But then you've also got like lots of fart sounds when they're punching the ooze monsters and all this weird stuff, and it is very. Like, <laughs> some, there's a foley artist out there who's obviously either rolled his eyes hard or he's gone. <laughs> this is funny. Yeah, well, he so, probably just went. He's probably looking back and being like, "I had the best time 
Yeah. Just recording fart after fart after fart after fart. So anyway, should we talk about um, the soundtrack? I've got to say, I know I said Paul Freeman, Ivan Ooze is like the best thing about this movie, but I love this soundtrack. This soundtrack is an example of a soundtrack that is better than the movie. I might be showing my hand a little bit there, but this soundtrack is great. Um, And because I was you know, exposed to this movie at such a young age. The, I guess the downside of it is that a lot of these songs, when I hear out in the real world, just on their own, I'm like, oh, that's that scene from the Power Rangers movie. You know, like when I hear <laughs> Higher Ground by Red Hot Chili Peppers, I'm like, that's the skydiving scene. Yeah. Or, you know, like yeah. uh, Dan Hartman, the, the free ride song. It's like, oh, that's when the yeah. Power Rangers are wrong. Not that I hear that stuff. That, that often, but you know, when I do hear yeah. it, it's like, oh, that's the rollerblading scene, and and, and so on and so forth. Like all yeah. these songs, and so, they're all pretty catchy. They're very nineties until we get yeah. to Van Halen, which suddenly the movie becomes an eighties sort of flip. Mm. <laughs> like, all right, but whatever, yeah. it works. It could, just, just just takes a step back. You know, the, the the main song, the Go Go Power Rangers, that's done by the Power Rangers Orchestra, which is actually a bit of a super band. It's like one of those, um, mm. you know. It's like it's got a, It's just a. It's a collaboration between a whole bunch of different prominent artists. And I didn't know that. I had no no idea about that until we started researching it. So you've got Eric Martin. So he was in. Have you heard of the band called Mr. Big? I know. They sing no. a song. I'm the one who wants to be with you. That song. So that's a cool song, and they're a cool band from the '80s. Um, our studio guitarist Tim Pierce, John Pierce. Um, of Pablo Cruz is on bass, but you've got singer and pianist Kim Bullard and Matt Sorum of Guns N' Roses. Matt Sorum's from Guns N' Roses and Velvet Revolver. Like, wrong? <laughs> what the heck are they? Like, what the heck are they? It's like they just like call these guys doing in like, a little band. Yeah, are they actually yeah. a band? Were they? Were they? Were they? Were they formed? Like, did Zordon come down or the director of this movie? I should say and and say I've chosen you, <laughs> artists. <laughs> They're so, not. So, to my knowledge, um, I can't, I don't, they're not, they were put together as, I guess, studio musicians to put together this sound, but they're not a band themselves. The okay, right. Orchestra. So it was, and if they, if they are, if they are, if they are, it was a, if they are, it was like one of those like fad super things that came, you know, like yeah. um, same concept as, um, you know, that Tom Hanks movie. What was that? Whether they had the band in that one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, you know, when they bring <laughs> together, <laughs> what no movie idea. was that? Oh, I can't remember. Um, the that thing you do, so where they right. there's a couple of artists that are there, and you've got a, a band that's put together just for that that movie, um, <laughs> and you don't even see you don't see them on screen or anything like that. But they're very talented, but they don't actually exist in any commercial way. So that's that. That's what I was trying to spit out with all of that. Do you know what? <laughs> it all doesn't matter because the Go Go Power Rangers. You know, like we've got a cover and it sounds great. And yeah, child of me just goes. Yeah, <laughs> shit. Yeah, this is this is cool. They um, play it at I the right cool. time, you know, when they first morph, and then they play it when like they go into the Zords. It's great. It's great. <laughs> I love it. So anyway, the music is great. Um, like you said, lots of flavors from nineties and eighties in there. Um, it's a good soundtrack. Lots, like, lots of fun, funky music. Just good score. Like, like like I've said it multiple times as we've been just blabbering on about this bloody movie, but <laughs> it's um <laughs> if you got to look at it what it is and for like a kid's movie, a movie tailored to children, you know, under the age of 10 years old, this is a lot of talent to throw at that. So, um, you know, you got to give it a bit of credit, I reckon. 
All right, mate. How about we wrap up the movie then? We'll get to our rating shortly, yes. but let's do our infamous quiz. 10 questions, Absolutely. 60 seconds. We've got a yeah. timer ready for you. Well, do I you? say ready, you ready for me. Ready for me. <laughs> I mean, you questioning um, me. <laughs> oh, I've just got to get me questions. I've just got to get me questions in front of me, mate. I've just been so excited about everything else. So, right. are you ready to rock and roll? You know. So, it. Um, generally, Jason's better at it than I am. But that's oh, fine. I mean, half the time that. you're watching the movie for the first time, so I can't help that. That's your fault. <laughs> I, reckon, I, reckon, I reckon it might be more than half time. Um, well, let's anyway, see. Let's so, see how we go. Three, two, one. What is Adam's spirit animal? Frog. Yes. <laughs> what pendant is Tommy wearing on his necklace? It's a... Ooh. Ooh. I've got no idea. Ooh. What colour is the ooze in Ooze's egg? It's like a pinky purple. Yes, it is, yeah. Um, what colour ranger does Fred want to be? Silver, but then he says gold ranger. Correct, yes. What are the rangers eating at the end celebration? Lobster. Yes. <laughs> um, what kind of car does Fred's dad drive? Um, uh, Hilux? I told you this. No. <laughs> uh, range Rover. Uh, no. What animal does Dolcia Dolcia turn into? An owl. Yes. How many stone monsters did the rangers fight at the Four. temple? Yes. Um, name one of the things Ooze was upset at missing. The Brady Bunch reunion. Yes. <laughs> Which ranger is uh, surfing during the skydiving sequence? Oh, Tommy. Yes. There you go. That's your questions. Yay. There you are. All right. You did You did well. I knew you were going to, but I threw a couple in there to, to muck with you. Um, I counted so, that I got eight right, but then I feel like I got more than two wrong. So I don't know where we're so, at. You tell me. So question two. Question two. What pendant is Tommy's on Tommy's necklace? It's actually a yin yang single symbol. Right. The black and white. Yeah. So I thought I might get you on that. Uh, what color is the ooze in Ooze's egg? Um, so it is. It's like a pink magenta. It's if you said purple flat out, I'd say no because everything a, else he has is it's purple. It's a pinky purple. It's, you know, there's, it's, a, there's it's bright. A, it's bright pink. It's bright All pink. Right. Anyway, um, and what car does Fred's dad drive? I, spot, I dropped this intentionally in our in our conversation. It's a Land Cruiser. Um, yeah, what did I say? Left hand side, Range Rover. No, no. Uh, something like that. You didn't say the right thing. Mate, we're, so. we're, we're, we're talking about the Power Rangers movie and you're quizzing <laughs> me about cars. I think we're on different pages I had to I had to throw you up. And question 10, you got it right. Um, that is, uh, yeah, which just in case, you got it you're a bit, almost stuck on it, which Ranger is surfing. It's well, Of course, it's Tommy is surfing. In this I, I, more, I just took the literal surfing. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Who's surfing when? And I was trying to think of a surfing scene. I was like, there's it's nothing. Like, it's like the skydive surfing. It's really cool. Um so anyway, so you you only uh, from that I think you got two wrong. You got eight out of ten. You got eight out of ten. No, sounds good. Not out of ten, but let's rate this movie out of five. Would you like to do the honors, or do you want me to jump in first? Yeah. No, I'll go first because I reckon you got more to say than I do. Because um, and I wouldn't want to take that away from you. So um, out of five VHS tapes, well, like I said multiple times, got to look at this as if I was six years old, not before. So as a six-year-old. This movie has got everything that a six-year-old would want, you know, especially if you follow the TV show. There's nothing really wrong with it from a six-year-old's point of view. It's not... I feel sorry for any parent that had to watch it, probably. Um, but it's not bad. It's not a bad movie at all. I do think that the characters probably, even for a kid's movie, could have been fleshed out a bit more. I don't see why they had to really summarise that so much. 
So ultimately, that that and also just taking away going CGI instead of uh, the usual, you know, man in a big suit, which is kind of the trope, of, you know, of that style of thing. That's what drops it down for me, even as like that's that would have been my expectation coming from a kid, like from the TV show. Ultimately, it's you know, it's fine for what it is, and I think kids nowadays, if they're going to watch it fresh, if you just grab a kid, put them down in front of this, I think they'd still have a good time. I don't think they're going to have a bad time. So it's a three. It's a three VHS. Wow. It's not going to be any more. It's definitely not going to be any more. Wow. And it could very well be less. But as a kid, I think you'd still enjoy this movie. Well, you said I'd have lots to say. I'm going to wrap. I'm going to wrap this up very uh, quickly. Okay. So. Okay. You know, yes, it's a kids' movie, and I mean, yes, the highlight is the fact that they they took the TV show, and they honoured the yeah. TV show. They put it on the big screen, increased the budget. Things look better. Some things just look horrid, just for what they are. I mean, they look horrid if they're Fair on TV right. as well. Yeah. But I mean, they succeeded in in doing that. There is no characterization. Ivan Ooze is the best character. They focus too much on Tommy. They made Kimberly <laughs> a damsel in distress when she yes. should just be badass. You know, there's there's a lot to like and enjoy, and surprisingly, I can rewatch this movie with ease as a as a currently twenty nine year old, and I probably will revisit it again and again. You know, even after having a kid, and you know, like watch it with them. You know, and I'm really deep dived into Power Rangers. I am going on. I am going on. I was wrong. But look, at the end of the day, no, this movie isn't good. <laughs> like, it's not a good movie, even for a kids movie. This isn't a good movie. I, oh, watch, yeah, reckon, okay. I watch it and, uh, you know, a part of it is definitely guilty pleasure material for me and that's all it is. Right. Um, but I'm very aware, as much as I enjoy it, I'm very aware that this is a horrible movie and I'm giving it, <laughs> I'm going to give it a generous, a generous two okay. five. This <laughs> is a shocking movie. Oh, tell but, us you know, how you feel, I mate. get my Fair kicks right. out of it. I enjoy mm. it. And, you know, the Power Rangers will forever be immortal to me. And, um, you know, look, Tommy Oliver, the guy have to... Ranger, always <laughs> for sure. I have to say, look, in, in my defense, like, so three, three out of five, I, I've gone higher than you, which is a surprise. But look, I'm in no way going to watch this movie again in my entire life. So that's ever. weird. So yeah. I'll give it a two, but I would definitely revisit it many more times. As I, I would, I'm not going near this, but I genuinely <laughs> think, I genuinely think that the the formula that they've got, it's if you're looking at a young kid, like five or six years old, and they know even like the even basic elements of a of Power Rangers, this is a this is a solid oh, you don't have to do anything for ninety minutes. They're gonna the kids <laughs> will just not stop watching this movie. Oh, like, they I wouldn't get they wouldn't disengage. Yeah, absolutely. So, but it is it, a not it a achieves <laughs> it achieves what it needs to do. I just yeah. think they yeah. could have done it better. Well, so that's it. Two for you, three for me. It's still not a very good movie, but do let, do watch let your kids watch it. Later <laughs> it down averages out to five that. out of five. Is that how it works? No, no <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was our rewind to 1995. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, colon, the movie. You don't have to say colon. You, you, just, you just say it. It's implied. Mighty Morphin Power, Power Rangers, the movie, right? There, done. Yeah. That was I our think, rewind. I think in the title, in the title, it doesn't even say colon. I just put that in. But anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we hope 
we hope you make that mistake. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. As always, we're reminded that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any rewind requests can be sent to us via email at thatfilmstudpodcast at gmail.com. Yep, or you can reach us on either That Film Studio or Rewind and Review's Facebook pages um, and like and follow these pages while you're at it. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts as it does help others like yourself find the podcast. Yep, and you can find our entire catalogue of episodes at thatfilmstudpodcast.com. All right, coming soon from uh, That Film Studio, a review of New Mutants and Bill and Ted Face the Music. Sounds like comics Great. have a recent episode looking at the Green Hornet, and I'm not sure mm-hmm. when, but in a couple weeks, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, seasons one to Excellent. three. Um, sounds like comics, and I'm going to be on that one, so I get to talk more Power Rangers. <laughs> but next up, here on Rewind mm-hmm. and Review. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Lost World, <laughs> Jurassic Park. There's yes. no anniversary. There's no excuse for it. Don't need one. We just need to do it. <laughs> we just need to get back to the Jurassic Park do you know franchise. What? We just it's have to. My birthday's coming up. That's the reason. <laughs> this is my gift to myself. <laughs> and to me as well. So I appreciate that. Thank you very, very much. We get to watch The Lost World Jurassic Park. Yes. Any, any excuse, right? <laughs> any excuse. Uh, so... Thank you very much for listening, everybody. This has been another episode of Rewind Interview, and we will see you on our next trip. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. I was going to, you know what? I put in my notes, look at her boobs. Because <laughs> like, they're like these, they're like super like pointy, weird things. You there. need to for like hazard reasons. You got to, <laughs> like, you just got to be very vigilant. Don't get them in well, there. They're, they're all camoed in the armor as well. So yeah. like, they, they need She's to be a bit more high vis. He'll get you in the yeah. armor. Just don't.